Hi, welcome to another episode of Speak Greasy at Mag Street Kitchen. Uh, today, I have one of Bombay's favorite chefs, even though he did leave the city and uh, head to Goa, leaving us all uh, deprived of his food. But uh, it's Chef Sandeep Sridharan, who is better known as Eska Brahma when he was in Bombay. And then, of course, he went on to open uh, many restaurants, and we're going to talk a lot about that. But uh, welcome to the show, Sandeep. It's Thank so you. great to have you here and back at Mag Street Kitchen. Uh, Doing something a little different from what you normally do, but I know, and that I'm nowhere around, right? But it's great to have you back and see you after so long. Um, you know, let's get right into this. Uh, you, I think, uh, when I read this about you, I was like, this sounds very familiar because that's sort of like my story. But uh, you went from being a management consultant into this uh, hotshot chef. Now, how did that happen? Well, I think um, I, I, uh, I didn't, I didn't. I never wanted to become a chef. Let me put it that way. I, uh, but at the same time, if you if you have to build credibility in the industry, because I'm an outsider, and uh, and the only way to do is to uh, is to uh, show people that I can execute it. Proof is in the pudding. Proof is in the pudding. Yeah. And that is when I decided to uh, create small, intimate experiences for a small group of people and uh, try to be uh, in the private chef space. But it's a pretty big sort of leap of faith to give up a, I'm sure, very like well-paid, uh, comfortable job to do, you know, take a risk like this and get into a business that we all know now uh, is not, uh, you know, always as rewarding financially and, you know, it's quite a risky industry to be in. And, um, you know, so that's quite a, a jump that you made maybe not knowing how it was going to play out. So, you know, what was the um, belief that you had that allowed you to make that decision? I think uh, it uh, it stems from, I think, very simple uh, part. Uh, when I was uh, in my corporate, um, I still remember that uh, there was a time that I was supposed to get X bonus and uh, I didn't get the entire thing. And I was super upset. And I realized that why I was super upset because I was doing something which I don't love. And at least I should get money. And I just flipped that and I said that if I really love something, even if I get little, I should be happy. I think it stemmed from there. Yeah. So the rest everything is in the in in the math. How do you do it? I know. And honestly, a lot of us get into this uh, business and this, this is where I kind of resonated with it, where you don't really know what the money is going to look like, if it's ever going to come. But you, you, you how you know you follow your gut in a way and you feel strongly about something and you you know follow that uh... no absolutely absolutely and, and many many things and i also uh, did it at a very late stage of my career i personally think that if you uh, if you try to make it uh, that your craft if you make craft work and if people recognize that and uh, and i think then uh, there is no barrier that what age you are right you know in the sense you can always wake up one day and say that I'm going to cook something and I'm going to call 12 people, 20 people. And then, and then you know, you, it will grow from it there. It just grows from there. You know, and for me, that was the most important part. Uh, having said that, it's been six years. And six crazy years. Six crazy years. is still still yeah. crazy as yeah. I speak to you. Yeah. Yeah. But it's been a very... Uh, We're still smiling, so that's good. <laughs> I want to pick up on something you said, which is that, you know, you, you were the outsider who had to prove yourself. Uh, and I've seen actually over, you know, especially over COVID, there are a lot of these, what you refer to as outsiders, who are basically, you know, home chefs or people who were just, who clearly had something, you know, in their hands. And uh, 
decided to again take a chance and you know make a, a business out of it um, and go beyond just cooking for friends and family and uh, I, I feel like that dynamic has really shifted and you know I mean I'm going to talk to you a little bit about this because you didn't have the formal sort of culinary education and you've still made a career a very successful career out of um, you know cooking uh, and seeing what's happened where so many home chefs have started businesses like I said um, are you sort of do you feel like it's it's something that's possible for anyone to do if they really feel uh, like they've They've got a, you know, they've got a skill, they've got a talent for cooking. But Gauri, I think uh, uh, it's a very valid question. A lot of people ask me. I think uh, it is how much risk you can take, right? So how would you think about it? Like how would you advise someone who's thinking about it, uh, you know, whether they should go to culinary school, first of all, that's a big decision that, you know, youngsters need to take. Um, and then there's the other route of just learning by experience, you know, and building on something that might be an innate uh, talent. But then there's also like financial risk, right? Mm -hmm. Like I know that in our case, there was um, an amount that you put aside to say that, okay, I'm going to put this towards this project that I want to do. And if it takes off great, if it doesn't, you know, that's not my entire savings going down the pot. But how would you sort of advise someone who's thinking about this? Okay, I, first of all, I don't think uh, I am still the right person to uh, go that the financial advice perspective but I think I would uh, come from um, getting into uh, a career uh, as quickly as possible uh, that's what I try to do and uh, there were uh, there were no shortcuts to be honest because I taught myself all many many years and uh, I still remember 2012 uh, I went and saw a property in Bandra for a restaurant and uh, and that time I did some math and I said no it's not happening and uh, because I don't know who the chef is going to be I don't know whether I'm going to get control over it so I started and I quit in 2015 right so you'd started thinking about it I started about thinking it, yeah. about it much before I st started thinking about uh, like I know that I was earning a fat salary mm. and I'm like thinking that how am I going to sustain this so uh, I can tell you what I did. Yeah. Right. Uh, I at that time when I quit, uh, I called up all my friends and I said, you know what? If you want me to cook more, then you will have to pay me, right? And everybody laughed. And there is one person who called me and uh, and he how he much? Said, how much? <laughs> and I said uh, four thousand five hundred. And he said, are you crazy? And the chefs don't even charge two thousand five hundred, three thousand. I said. That's what I charge. And he said, no, I want it for 3,500. I said, uh, okay, it's my first dinner. So I started charging people 3,500 for my first dinner. Wow. So I, for me, that is taking risk at that level. And if I fail, I might as well fail at the top. Then my next dinner, I charge 4,000 and 4,500. After that, I've never come down below 4,500. So I think... Um, did I fail? Yes, I failed a couple of times miserably. I can talk to you in length. That's a we have a lot of war stories to share <laughs> to exchange. But but I think I think one of one of the dinners I did, it was one of the biggest dinners, and I thought I, I my career is finished. <laughs> but uh, there are three people who came and gave me the card, and they said, "We like the way you approach food, and uh, uh, I want to uh, call you sometime for, for a dinner." 
and uh, one of them was uh, i can tell you off the record please don't uh, record why please tell us so that uh, he gets full credit for for uh, it was hash goenka you know what i knew you were going to say that and i have to tell you he has done this for so many uh, you know up and coming chefs and budding chefs and he's really one of those um, you know uh, patrons of food and good food and uh, and sporting talent so uh you know kudos to him uh, i was i was quite humbled yeah. when he yeah. said that and then i did for him and of course i did a great job for him and then i have done many many dinners for him so of course you know it's word of mouth yeah. these kind of dinners uh, and yeah that's that's how that's what i did yeah. so for me it was like uh, i have to earn uh enough to sustain myself uh, and of course you don't earn as much as when you were working but yeah start somewhere you have to start somewhere so that's how that's how i start and you started from your home kitchen and yes i used to prep from my yeah. from my home yeah uh, but i used to uh, not do delivery like for example i did a kerala food even that time but the problem is even today you see uh, kerala food is considered to be a low value food i think it's having its moment now honestly don't tell you you can open your swiggy yeah. today and you have many many restaurants around the town side they are all charging things which are much much lower but if you really go and see uh, the price of the good seafood the price of the good meat and if someone has to give that you know you can you definitely know that you cannot yeah. you cannot no i mean that applies to anything i think any cuisine where um you know if you're not going to skimp on ingredients and use the best quality yeah. it comes at a price but let's talk a little bit about your cooking style now um i i know you sort of uh have labeled it as coastal redefined when you when you started out and it's sort of evolved from there for sure what does that really mean so um i think you know it's i i try to um uh kind of uh, uh go through cooking styles of many chefs around the world and i uh, and i also ate i was so lucky that uh, uh i used to travel a lot during uh, uh, my consulting days I used to go to Bangkok very often for work and people used to laugh they say you're going to Bangkok for work and of course I ate at Gagans and then I realized that my style is not going to be molecular for sure because I I I didn't like uh, maybe it's a it's a great thing to do uh, but then I I learned what's molecular and uh, how it is done at the end of the day it's all science behind it and why you want to do it is the question you want to do it to to make uh, it look beautiful or make it look uh, very artisty or you want to like for example let's say you talk about foam right uh, a foam is uh, is a great thing uh, if you do uh, with the lime so you can put a foam so that it doesn't go on to the other sauce if you want to just to be on the fish and so that when you when you think about how people are going to eat you want to get the lime but the lime you don't want to get into the you other sauce you don't want to mix it with something absolutely yeah. so i would use a technique there let me put it that way so that is from the technique perspective so there was a purpose behind the technique as opposed to it being like smoke and mirrors so i try to uh, experiment on those idea is to uh, is to have components uh, which is uh, very true flavors uh, from the regions from the coastal regions but at the same time make it complex when you put it together and uh, uh, evoke some memories uh, uh, with the flavors and uh, and that is how i that's how i started uh, i can give you a very simple example when you eat sadia you have around 32 different ingredients right i don't know whether next time when you eat uh, you just go and watch everybody how they how they eat right they all eat differently you will probably mix this achar with something else or this with something else 
So if you really see, there are the way you mix together, there are almost a million combinations, combinations yeah. permutations and combinations, right? So it's very easy to kind of have different flavor points with a simple sadhya. And how do you create those flavors and make it give it to you is the is the is the question. Right? And we all eat, you know that we all eat, we mix things together. Of course, yeah. You're not going the classic and traditional route, but using those flavors mm. to uh, surprise people, I think, is fair. To I think uh, starting from there, um, as we speak today, I have actually evolved uh, and I realized that I want to make it more simpler. Rather than me mixing together, I want you to mix together. Mm. For example, I, I, I did recently did a, a dish, uh, kori roti. It was one of the biggest hit. Uh, why? Because I served it in such a way that it was very it was very familiar for people to so instead of chicken i made it like pulled chicken and i put the roti on top of it and then i put the little bit of gravy and then uh, uh, usually people don't serve that way usually people serve the roti and the gravy on one side and if you try to eat roti most of the people time people don't like it but if a soaked roti which has a little bit of crispiness left behind with the curry and easily accessible chicken it makes it a it's a nice experience and I've not done anything to the dish. I just changed, uh, changed the way I think that you will be able to. So it has come a long way. Um, I started uh, uh, having those things uh, into, the, into the entire my cooking uh, uh, approach. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I mean, um, you went from doing private catering and being a private chef to um, opening restaurants. What was that transition like? It was a big jump. Um, and uh, I learned a lot and uh, I realized that it is not easy and I'm still learning as, as we talk. I started with a vision to popularize coastal cuisine so that you need to uh, have food from all the slices, fine dine. Oh, right. Okay. Fine dine to the thing, to the, to the lowest thing, to just the fish curry rice to, you know, I was trying to figure out that how 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 will I do that, right? And uh, that is when I realized that restaurant is a very natural progression. So uh, you can either be a private chef uh, or be a chef for somebody uh, who you can make tons of money. I know that even today. I got many calls from many people. Uh, but I stayed away from it because I think my vision was to kind of popularize to get more people, you know, because uh, the Kerala food, uh, it's not represented well anywhere. Uh, even as we speak, you tell me one one great Kerala place you can go and eat in a, in a not a ultra fancy, but it's a nice place and you can eat. Uh, I, I still don't think in Bombay you have many. And I didn't know this at the time that Mahe was named after the town you grew up in, yeah. um, which is in Kerala as well. Uh, how do you sort of see that food being different from, the, say, the coastal food of Maharashtra? Like, is it something that, having lived in Bombay, you've kind of incorporated into your food? Is it uh, has it evolved from where you maybe started out? For me, mahe uh, is a it's a point of uh, uh, how do I say reference reference and the rice, you know, uh, because I'm from mahe, right? And uh, I have been a fan of coastal food, whether it is Maharashtra, Goa, Tamil Nadu, um, uh, Karnataka. I have been a fan of all the food and I know to cook the, 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 the entire coastal food. 
and Mahir being a start and I idea was to travel across the coast and create your version my version of the food from across the coast that was the whole idea and I'm nowhere close to I'm, I think I might have traveled 500 kilometers <laughs> I'm still stuck in Kerala <laughs> Well, we're we're not complaining, um, but you know, uh, chef, you also um, uh, ventured away from. I I think for me, coastal food is obviously a lot of seafood, um, but you also ventured into you know a, a plant based concept, yeah. um, uh, and you opened a restaurant um, around you know around plant based food. Uh, what triggered that sort of shift in um, cuisine? So I've always been a fan of vegetarian food and um, in fact in my private dining uh, circle I'm known for creating vegetarian food and I can tell you 80-85% of the dinners I did are vegetarian and it was uh, for me it was very easy to create uh, a vegetarian menu and easy to execute a vegetarian menu let me put it that way than a non-vegetarian menu Um, as I said I gave a reference to the sadhya so you have like 13 different fully vegetarian and creating the flavors around it it is it is actually very very easy so for me then i started to get more interested in vegetarian uh, uh, food and uh, from a diet perspective also i am not a big meat eater i eat everything but you know i try to uh, have lots of vegetarian and then then keep the it's 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 a, it's a natural thing to do i guess when you don't get good meat and good fish and uh, and then uh, so that is where the start was. The way I see it is, you know, I, I I can I can easily create a great vegan menu. Yeah. And uh, well, you've done it here at Max Street Kitchen. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, but yeah. I'm saying so, so. I I sat down for it very reluctantly, being the <laughs> carnivore that I am, and so did my husband, who's like even bigger carnivore than than me, and uh, you know, Wasn't both that. of us, uh, both of us. Left very satisfied and and happy with our meal, which um, you know uh, I I didn't know if uh, you know what how we would feel about it. But you know, just speaking about vegan and plant based, um, I've obviously in the last year or two seen a lot happening in this space um, with especially plant based meats coming into the uh, fore. Is that something that you ever dabbled with, and what do you think the future of that sort of product looks like, in at least for the Indian palate? You know, it's very, I, I would put it in a much simpler way, right? I think we, when we eat uh, our food, I think the the basic idea of eating healthy food is to stay away from processed food. Okay? <laughs> I think that will answer the, the question. So, uh, the more processed it is, uh, you are doing something to it. Well, I have to say I agree with you. Uh... You know, then there is no, there is no question after that, yeah. right? And also, I think, I think, um, uh, why do you want to? Why do you want to mimic a meat? Either eat the meat or then eat the vegetables. Yeah. I think it uh, uh, it works probably uh, again in an Asian country where you don't get vegetarian, and people want to turn vegetarian and they have an option to have something. Yeah, or in a country where the meat consumption is so ridiculously high that you know it's yeah. almost like borderline unhealthy. Unhealthy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Temper that down in this sort of helps you uh, do that and would you would you pay 900 bucks for a vegetarian <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> for many reasons many reasons uh, yeah but yeah no fair enough i i i think uh, you know i i think we we definitely think the same way 
So, Chef, uh, you know, you spent the last few years in Goa. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what's happening there. It's uh, it's crazy. <laughs> um, you know, sitting here in Bombay and just hearing about, like, every week new restaurants opening. I believe last season there were some 70 new restaurants that opened. Um, what's going on? <laughs> I have no idea. But um, I think... Uh, uh, there's a lot of positive aspect and uh, I'll tell you the positive aspect is uh, Goa has a huge potential to be uh, a mecca for the culinary mecca. Uh, but how do we get there is the question, right? Whether uh, now we definitely have an oversupply. And uh, my fear is uh, because of this, uh, people who have deep pockets will be able to sustain and uh, not necessarily they have the best food. Yeah. Uh, so instead of becoming a culinary mecca, Goa could become like a, like a mediocre uh, a destination uh, for, for food. Uh, but the, on the other hand, uh, there are many restaurants uh, and beach places coming up, which are beautiful because they are competing against one, one in each other. And then uh, they are also becoming great experience space. And I think uh, for people to come there, you can you can just go there and have a beer, even though it is expensive or it doesn't matter. You can go and have a beer. And, uh, it's a great vibe. It's a great vibe and sit there. And uh, so so I think, uh, and other than that, I think Goa is up for a great correction, you know. <laughs> so let me put it that way. Well, like leaving our, our sort of uh, cynicism aside for a bit, um, you know, as someone who's been there for, for a few years now, what would be your, uh, what are some of your favorites as a, as a local that you could recommend to uh, uh, visitors like us heading there? You know, the hidden gems. If you come to Goa, you should have at least two great Goan meals. Where should we have them? <laughs> okay, and uh, I assume the thing is, uh, I'm a kind of person, I, I go to Hall in the Wall and, uh, you know, just have a, a, as, a, as, a as a great meal. I would suggest that uh, there are a couple of places, uh, you know, one, one place, top of my head, for uh, going kind of Christian food uh, is uh, a, a place called Mafia Cocktail. Oh, oh okay, that sounds interesting. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a great place. It's a, it's a very old institution. It's more than 25 years it's been there. And a uh, lot many people don't know it. And, uh, uh, and you go there just to have good food. The ambiences, you know, I think it's an experience to go there. Um, that is one. No, but tell us some of your favorite local haunts. I think if you want to have a, a good local uh, go go and bar vibe, uh, you have to go to a place called Pablo's, uh, which is great, and uh, it's it's always buzzing, and you can you really kind of see going uh, floating population and the going uh, population. There is a place called Kaji Bar. Uh, which is also very popular uh, in 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 the in the in the in the north. There are many new places, but I don't think that I have eaten in a in a new place uh, in its full potential because most of the places are very few guests. So when you go there, uh, out of ten things, five things doesn't hit the mark. You know, the, when the restaurant is not busy, the food suffers. So uh, uh, that's why I don't want to name many things here. So, Chef, uh, you've cooked for us uh, and with us at Max Street Kitchen. Um, how would you describe this space to someone who's never been, to a chef who's never been? 
Okay, <laughs> so you you know it. I think I think if you, um, I think you have the very unique place uh, in the whole of Bombay, and uh, I don't know any other place where you can have the uh, this experience to have a dining space as well as a as a kitchen, and and of course uh, you know you get spoiled if you if you cook in this kitchen. Uh, because you have everything here. I wouldn't know anything about that. See, because I don't cook. Every every time there is a there is an enquiry, I will say, "Hurry, do you have the space for me?" But it's always been there. You know, I I I always recommended uh, to to all the weddings I do. Uh, I, this is the my first first choice. Yeah, well, we hope that you'll keep coming back and and cooking lots more for us. Yes, uh, yes, absolutely. But you know, I'm gonna uh, switch now to a little sort of fun rapid fire and and pick your brain. So you have to say the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay, Mumbai or Goa? Which city has the better food today? Mumbai. Restaurant awards, yay or nay? Nay. Your favorite food city in the world so far, even if you yet to travel. New York. Yeah, that's a fair pick. And a bucket list restaurant that you're yet to go to. Pujol. I want to go to Pujol. Pujol, Central. Uh, then what I also want to do is to go and eat at a lot of one-star restaurants in 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 Europe. Uh, across, I cannot name all the restaurants. Uh, there are a few in uh, in uh, uh, in Switzerland. So yeah, I think. That is what I would do. Interesting. You know, it's interesting that you say that. Someone asked me recently um, if I think fine dining is dead. It's, it's great to hear that you. Uh, that's that's what you want to kind of. Um, you're looking forward to trying yeah, out because uh, I, I don't think fine dining is dead. Uh, I think fine dining is getting redefined. So uh, if you if you see ledu in in Bangkok, ledu is not uh, some. Path-breaking molecular and anything—it's—it's—it's it's, it's simple food. So I think fine dining is also getting uh, redefined. So I would rather catch uh, when things are <laughs> right. Makes sense. Well, chef, listen, all the best. Thank you. Whatever is uh, uh, you know coming, and um, and you know we we love your food, and thank you so much for thank you. Thank you. for quitting your job and and getting into the culinary world. So, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.